All in the same week, the much dreaded and unconstitutional federal vaccine mandate was released, challenged in court, and stayed by a federal judge. Unfortunately, this does not mean the fight is over. We'll look into this and help you navigate these murky waters in today's analysis behind the news, where we provide the perspective and the plan to save American liberty and independence. President Biden's emergency COVID-19 vaccination mandate rule was released through the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, targeting American companies with more than 100 employees. The very same day, the Epic Times reported that OSHA may ultimately expand the rule to include smaller businesses. The rule's deadline to comply is January 4th, 2022. However, on Saturday, the Epic Times reported that a federal case brought by multiple businesses, including the American Family Association, multiple individuals, and several states, including Texas, Utah, and Mississippi, caused a federal judge from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit to temporarily block the mandate by staying OSHA's rule until further action is taken by the court. By Monday at 5 p.m., the government was given a deadline to file a response to the petitioner's motion for a permanent injunction. Those filing the lawsuit have until Tuesday at 5 to respond to the government's response. While this is the first action taken, there are several other pending lawsuits brought to stop this unconstitutional mandate by many other businesses, states, business groups, and associations. Other forms of pushback are being planned, including a four-day nationwide strike that the Epic Times has reported as kicking off in Los Angeles and will involve various industries including trucking, telecom, and even some workers from rail and air transport. Given the large impact this emergency rule will have on American industry and individual rights, if allowed to stand unchecked, let's take a few minutes to review the emergency rule. First of all, this rule is published in the Code of Federal Regulations. Industries having to abide by these look at this as having the equivalence as law, but we need to keep in mind that these are regulations being put into effect by a federal bureaucracy that is directly unaccountable to the American people. Congress passed legislation to establish OSHA and Republican President Richard Nixon signed it into law. Any infractions can be appealed, but beyond that, one's recourse has been only through the courts. Good luck with that. The OSHA vaccine mandate is classified as an emergency temporary standard. According to an online page from PDCM Insurance, it says, while it may seem reactionary, OSHA's rulemaking follows a very strict process which usually, and understandably, can take some time. A draft standard goes through advisory committees and gets recommendations before being published in the Federal Register. The public then has a designated time frame, usually at least 60 days, to submit comment or request a public hearing to the Notice of Proposed Rulemaking. After this is done, OSHA then publishes the final text in the Federal Register and the standard becomes enforceable going forward based on its effective date. Under certain limited conditions, OSHA is authorized to set emergency standards that take effect right away for a temporary period of time. This is done when OSHA determines that a standard is needed to protect workers who are in grave danger due to exposure to toxic substances or agents determined to be toxic or physically harmful. An emergency temporary standard, ETS, is published in the Federal Register for six months, 
which also serves as a proposed permanent standard. After expiration, OSHA has six months to take the standard through the same process as outlined above to become permanent. Now clearly, a virus that has more than 99% survival rate for the general public does not meet the written OSHA standard of grave danger. If this is the benchmark they care to make, then why wasn't OSHA involved in making sure workers got a flu shot? The CDC estimates that since 2011, 359,000 people were killed by the flu, with hundreds of millions getting sick from the flu, and more than 4.4 million ending up in the hospital due to the flu. Yet, do we truly know an accurate count of those dead from COVID as compared to those dead with COVID? Plus, what about the nearly 860,000 reports of adverse events or adverse reactions, the 18,000 deaths, and 28,000 permanently disabled people all due to receiving a COVID-19 vaccine. These seem to have been swept under the rug. Regarding the temporary standard, OSHA confirms this in the pertinent legal authority section of the rule. It reads in part, an ETS serves as a proposal for a permanent standard, and the act calls for the permanent standard to be finalized within six months after publication of the ETS. Thus, this mandate can stand in perpetuity until OSHA changes it. When saved as a PDF, the final rule is about 341 pages. The summary section reads, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, is issuing an emergency temporary standard ETS to protect unvaccinated employees of large employers, 100 or more employees, from the risk of contracting COVID-19 by strongly encouraging vaccination. Covered employers must develop, implement, and enforce a mandatory COVID-19 vaccination policy with an exception for employers that instead adopt a policy requiring employees to either get vaccinated or elect to undergo regular COVID-19 testing and wear a face covering at work in lieu of vaccination. The executive summary also addresses the grave danger aspect. It reads, OSHA will continue to monitor trends in COVID-19 infections and death as more of the workforce and the general population become fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and the pandemic continues to evolve. Where OSHA finds a grave danger from the virus no longer exists for the covered workforce or some portion thereof, or new information indicates a change in measures necessary to address the grave danger, OSHA will update this ETS as appropriate. It also explains why it chose companies with 100 employees. It said, OSHA is confident that employers with 100 or more employees have the administrative capacity to implement the standards requirements promptly, but is less confident that smaller employers can do so without undue disruption. OSHA needs additional time to assess the capacity of smaller employers and is seeking comment to help the agency make that determination. Well, folks, let's not fool ourselves. If this OSHA rule stands up in court, it's only a matter of time until it's, it's extended to all companies. The rule makes exceptions for employees who are federal contractors and healthcare support services because they are subject to other federal mandates. It also makes exceptions for employees who do not report to a workplace where other individuals such as coworkers or customers are present while working from home or who work exclusively outdoors. 
However, OSHA has strict definitions for these and even suggests that the federally protected exemptions due to medical or religious reasons will be low. In its frequently asked questions section for the rule, it asks in question 3A, I have implemented a mandatory vaccination policy. However, 5% of my employees are entitled to reasonable accommodation. Does my written policy still meet the requirements of a written vaccination policy under the ETS, even though not every employee is vaccinated? It answers, yes. A mandatory vaccination policy is an employer policy requiring each employee to be fully vaccinated. Such a policy must require vaccination of all employees other than those employees who fall into one of three categories. One, those for whom a vaccine is medically contraindicated. Two, those for whom medical necessity requires a delay in vaccination. Or three, those legally entitled to a reasonable accommodation under federal civil rights laws because they have a disability or sincerely held religious beliefs, practices, or observances that conflict with the vaccination requirement. As long as each employee that does not fall into one of those three categories is vaccinated, the written policy would still meet the definition of a mandatory vaccination policy.